0: On today's episode, we'll be taking a look back at the major trends and stories of 2022. And today's episode is sponsored by CareCognitics. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag H-I-T-S-M and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Well, can you believe it's already December? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i can't you know we blinked and 2022
0: went right by us i think the problem in 2022 for me and i've been talking with a lot of people about this is that we didn't get our summer break like it didn't slow down at all for us and it, 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 talking to a lot of people it was the same thing i think it was because ever all the conference organizers were stuffing it in in the summer you know we wanted to make up trips in the summer whatever it is like it didn't stop and usually there is a bit of a lull and we didn't have it this year
1: I would agree. This summer was probably my busiest ever. Uh, And it's not just because I was working, but also just there were events, there were things that are happening in the summer where usually it's a quiet time. You're right. Um, So it's been relentless this year, for sure. For sure. So, John, let's get to the first question. I'm dying to hear what you think. So of all the stories that came across our desks in 2022, which is the one that sticks out the most for you?
0: Yeah, so the top story for me as I look back is really the cooling off of the funding market. And what's interesting is it's a cooling off, but it didn't go totally dead. So I think that's the other interesting dynamic that's at play. But the outrageous valuations that were happening and the 50, 100, 200 million dollar raises that were happening, those stopped and just cooled off in a really big way. Now, it'll be interesting to see how those play out over the next three years, right? (laughs) Because when you raise 100 to 200 million, you better be going big. So then you gotta spend that money. You You gotta go after it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those. But yeah, the way the funding market has changed and the dynamics around raising money just in the last six months even has just cooled off in a big way. Now, what's interesting is there is still a lot of cash out there. They're just demanding more of you know, the organization that's raising the money to justify getting the money and they're getting lower evaluations. So some of those organizations are saying, eh, do I need to go now? I could just wait. Do I go cash flow, et cetera? So there is money still out there. So it's not like digital health isn't being invested in, but it's being invested in a different way now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally would, would agree with you there. As, you know, as evidenced as the recent uh, health conference that we went to, you know, there were a lot of people. You know, a little unhappy with the valuations they're getting, <laughs> and and the, and the you know not a lot of return phone calls. Uh, it's just that it's a tough market, and uh, I, I think also it's a realization that you know some of the sky high expectations that some of these companies have were probably not going to be achievable in the time frame they that they were predicting. Right? And yeah. So- the
0: question is, are they going to fail and going to ruin the funding market for the future? That's something to watch out for too.
1: That's true. That's true. For me, John the Big Story that sticks out in my mind is it got to be the Amazon acquisition of One Medical, right? First mm-hmm. of all, that was an unbelievable valuation, <laughs> 3 or <over> 3 <laughs> billion dollars. Didn't think I didn't see that coming, first of all. But yeah. just that the whole thought of wow, like The depth and breadth of Amazon's entry into healthcare is just getting stronger by the minute. And so to me, that's the sort of, it wasn't so much that, Hey, this was an amazing deal. It's just more of what that deal signified for me. And that's why it sticks out. That sticks
0: out for me. I would simplify it. Amazon has too much cash. Healthcare is so expensive. It's such a massive industry. And they need a part of it. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you look at it that way, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if they, what they do with it, but I, I'm not one to bet against Amazon. If I'm betting on any of the big tech players, I think there's an episode that I actually said this, you know, a while ago, Amazon is, is my bet. So for sure. Yeah. The other, yeah. Go
1: ahead.
0: Yeah. So the other one that I think is interesting that, you know, actually interesting, you know, your comment about Amazon acquiring One Medical applies, but to me, it's the workforce issues that are happening across all of healthcare. It was the biggest topic at every conference this fall. It was something we've talked about probably too much here on this on this uh, you know show that we have. But I would say workforce is a big problem. And the question I have is, if Amazon's you know with One Medical taking all these doctors and Walmart's taking all these doctors. Optimum I I saw just past 30,000 doctors that no one knows about right you know like if those are have all the doctors are any of the healthcare organizations like the true health systems practices etc will they be able to get doctors and is that going to create an even bigger problem I think that's something to watch out for for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you're right. I mean, how you couldn't avoid the workforce challenge anywhere in 2022. It was the biggest story by far, and that was the most talked about topic. And at, at this, you know, in, in the hallways and in sessions, it was definitely, uh, you're right. Uh, and, and you know, and as we know, it's not just the clinical side, right? It's the back office. It's the administrative. Like people are just not going into healthcare like they used to, and it's a yeah. big problem.
0: And the tech people that can go to other industries and get paid more.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the bigger issues that the jobs are there. The need is there, but you know, we in healthcare just haven't been uh, caught up in terms of the salaries and the benefits that we, that we pay. Uh, the other story for me, John, is uh 21st century carers act. Mm. Uh, I think I've heard more vendors talk about that uh, in the latter half of 2022 than I ever, than I thought I would. Right? Like it it's uh, it's amazing to see how that act has really, really spurred, changes to processes procedures practices it's also you know caused a lot of change on the product side of a lot of companies you know whether it was i spoke to greenway about some of the things that they're doing i spoke to Scanslated most recently talking about how the act has really spurred a lot of adoption of what they're doing uh it's i don't know if this was the intended effect but it's definitely having an effect
0: on the market yeah, it does seem to be opening up doors for people that they thought were closed before. And I think maybe there's a little change of mindset for the healthcare organizations. I actually think about Tefka and Qhins. Uh, yeah, I remember a couple of years back walking through some city at a conference to grab lunch with Shahid Shah, our, our colleague and friend. And I remember him saying, Tefka is going to have this big impact. And I'm like, eh. It doesn't have teeth, who cares, right? And and, and I was ro- I was right in one front. It doesn't have teeth, but the Q-HINs, I think, could have a big impact, uh, you know, that, it, you know, will be interesting to watch. So, you know, I think I'll be watching that space as well because that really came to fruition in 2022, whereas before we'd never even heard of the term Q-HIN. What is a Q-HIN? Which we're still trying to figure that out, but... <laughs> when, you, when you know, you let me know. Okay? Yeah, I mean, we kind of know. <laughs> So how about this? Uh, what is the most surprising or unexpected trend in health IT that you've seen in 2022?
1: Uh, for me, hands down, it's got to be the actual operationalizing of consolidation of vendors. Uh. Like I, I, We've heard about this for years. To me, <laughs> it was always talk. But this year in 2022, I spoke to more uh, health system CIOs and vendors who were just talking about how there was this proactive movement inside provider organizations to whittle down the number of vendors they deal with. Yeah. And whether that was like, you know, people who, you know, selling consumables like for the clinical side, but also it, we were hearing that finally they were getting around to like asking the question, why do I have five patient communication tools in here? Like I really only need one or two. Right. And so let's look at these five that I have and we're going to pick one or two and we're going to go with it. And like, why do I have four different cybersecurity vendors and I should probably only have one, right? And, and you know, talking to some organizations, there was a lot more of top-down forcing like, hey, guys, we're consulting on this one platform. So going forward, you're not buying these other ones. You got to adopt these ones. So to me, that was the big surprising story of 2022.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's twofold. One is the consolidation of the provider organizations saying we don't need five communication vendors. Let's do one or security. Like you said, I think that's true, but I think also on the side of the vendors that realize, Hey, I need to roll up every security company so that they can just work with me rather than with five vendors. So we've seen that, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of a funky metric really. When you look at healthcare IT today, every day, in 2022 for at least the last six months or more, we've posted a funding announcement or a merger and acquisition on the site. And for a certain period, we posted two a day because the, you know, the acceleration of that consolidation had happened so much. So it's interesting to see the money flow and the mergers that are happening. You know, I would take a little different angle on this as far as, uh, you know, things that surprised me. And this one really, I, I first heard it actually at the Vive conference from uh, Stephanie Lahr. Uh, and she was said to me when we were talking about some automation they were doing, and you know, she was automating the faxes. And we we're like, okay, this is great. And she, I was like, well, are your staff afraid? And she's like, no, John they're really accepting of it because now they're doing three jobs. And so, you know, this shift of like automation is feared because, hey, it's going to take my job to now please bring the automation or I'm going to suffer. Like that change in mindset was shocking and surprising to me.
1: No, you're right. And I, you know, I totally agree with you. In fact, that was one of my secondary stories as well is, you know, the acceptance of AI, you know, as a helper, as opposed to someone who's going to take my job or something that's going to take my job. I think, uh, unfortunately, the workforce challenge has been so brutal in healthcare that now they're like, no, 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 bring this on because you're right. I've been tasked with taking the job, doing the work that, of my colleague who left, right? And, <laughs> and they're not hiring. So like, I'll take automation because that's just going to make my life bearable. Now, thankfully, the vendor's of this kind of automation and AI have also been more realistic, I think, than in years past. But hmm. they're not promising that, you know, hey, it's going to read an entire scan and detect cancer. No, 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 no. It's going to prioritize this queue for you. It's, you know, it's, I think, so I think on the other side, I think the reason why it's also being accepted more is because vendors have been, been a lot more realistic and being able to live up to the hype and how they've been pitching their products. So I agree yeah. with you. That is a bit of a surprising thing. I thought we would still be resisting Uh, a lot of the automation and the AI uh, in 2022.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's been AI everything. In fact, including the cancer detection, I've seen a number of companies on the recent trip I did to Israel that, you know, they're doing some really interesting detection. In one case, it was a pathology with Ibex and, and they go in and they 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 look at it and help, you know, have AI to assist the radiologist with, or the pathologist to be able to see, you know, any potential risk. And it, it, it augments them rather than doing the full diagnosis. To your point, you know, they're stepping it back. And saying, hey, let's do this in a thoughtful way that partners with the pathologist and makes them more effective versus trying to replace the pathologist. So I think that's that's a good step in the right direction. But it, you know, they're applying AI to everything. That that might be a little shocking as well. Uh, you know, the other one that kind of stands out for me is the fact that people just kind of threw COVID to the wind and said, yep, let's go back to conferences. Like, I I think there's been a little bit of uh, reticence on the provider side, maybe not because of the risk, but because of the budget and the appearance of, hey, what does this look like if I go back to a conference when my health system is still having challenges with workforce, etc. So there's there's still some reticence in that regard, but COVID hasn't stopped anything And, and it's pretty shocking how it went from you need to be vaccinated. You need to do a test and blah, blah, blah. Like this whole protocols and masking to now eh, just come. We'll see you there. I mean, that, that's a little shocking to me that it's shifted that fast. Although maybe I shouldn't be shocked with, you know, we love freedom in America, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not, it's not just America. It's worldwide.
1: Right. Like, yeah. you know, although in Canada, the last restrictions only got lifted in October, you know Mm -hmm. but you know i remember going to hymns and vive in the early part of the year and yeah i had to like you know get myself cleared right and i had to prove i was triple vaccinated or double vaccinated and we're all still wearing masks for the most part at that at that moment but then it just something happened when summer hit it just poof right on both sides of the border and and around (laughs) the world like we just said you know what we're gonna learn how to live with it and and we're going back
0: (laughs) yeah it's a big change it's surprising how quickly it happened i think it's true
1: Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we are
0: talking about the major trends
1: and stories for 2022.
0: And a big thank you to our sponsor, Care Cognitics. As a local Vegas company, I've worked closely with their founder and have a small ownership piece of Care Cognitics as they work to bring casino loyalty and rewards principles to healthcare. If you have a problem driving patient action, Care Cognitics can help you motivate patients to perform those healthy behaviors. If you want to learn more about how they're driving patient behavior and applying these casino loyalty and experience principles, check it out at carecognitics.com.
1: John, let's continue on here. What was the topic in 2022 that you wished we had seen more of in the year?
0: Well, it's interesting. You know, when I go to a conference, everyone's like, so what's hot? What are you hearing? And and a part of me usually replies like, I'm so deep in this. Could you surprise me at a conference? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I would love for that to happen. But anyways, uh, that that said, I think there's two things that I, I thought we'd hear more about. One of them we kind of did, but one of them we didn't as much as I thought, and that was ERP. ERP, I thought would start to become a really hot topic with CIOs because the ERP infrastructure is aging. Many of them implemented 20 years ago. Supply chain has become so much more important because of COVID and supply chain issues. And I thought we would just have this like wave of, hey, I need to implement my ERP almost like we did with EMR, right? I thought we, you know, but maybe I'm just on the front end of the wave and it's still coming. But uh, yeah, I was surprised that we didn't hear more. And I thought we would. And and to be quite frank, we're probably running on these old ERP systems and we're missing out on opportunities to really automate and improve things like supply chain management and connecting that to the EHR to improve clinical care as well. So that, that's the one ERP. I was shocked that we didn't hear more about it.
1: I wasn't on my radar. So I I
0: totally missed that. But you would have uh, been shocked to hear about it, too. (laughs) I would have been shocked to hear
1: about it, too. Yes. Uh, But no, for me, there are two things. Um, One, I wish we had heard more about patient engagement in 2022. Mm -hmm. We definitely heard more about patient access and, Mm -hmm. and patient volumes and trying to increase those and bring people back. But I didn't really hear a lot of talk. I thought I would your more talk around patient engagement and trying to engage these patients more in their care and uh you know, pushing more into, you know, in terms of engaging them with content and, and education in order to make, make sure that they stick with whatever program or treatment that they were being given. Cause the last thing we need is these same patients coming back in again, cause we already had a capacity problem as it was in the early part of the year. So I, I didn't hear as much about that. I think partially is because it, it still maybe has a aura of oh, it's a nice to have, and in this mm-hmm. you know time of of financial uncertainty and and still we have COVID and everything, I think it kind of fell off and fell down to the bottom of the priority list. So, but I wish we had heard more about patient engagement.
0: That's funny. I don't want to jump topics too much, but I might add it to my tired list. Like this patient engagement is so generic. So I'm just tired of hearing like, it's interesting how that even bridges over into the pharma side and they talk about patient engagement for clinical trials and things like that. So I I think that term has been abused. I might add it to my tired list, but uh, you know, the idea of patients being more involved, I'm all for and, 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 you know, making them proactive. Pieces of the care that makes sense, but I think patient engagement might be a burnt out term for me. <laughs> uh, you know, the one I, I think was talked about a little bit, but I wish there would have been more action on, and you know, and this is what I, you know, we'd seen more results from this, and that's they're kind of paired together, but the two are telehealth reimbursement. Like, why is that not why we have the data now? And yeah, I haven't seen any data that said that telehealth was worse than in-person visits. Like, And so like, why haven't we looked at the data and said, yeah, we can reimburse for this and we should, if you want to do this, you know, fine, carve out some areas where you're like, no, we don't want to do it. But for the majority of things, I think we've proven telehealth is just as good as, as another and it's worthy of reimbursement. So I don't know why we didn't have that. And I'm also really angry that medical licensure is is still by the at the state level that we haven't been able to get some movement some you know you know, they might call it pork in, in uh, Washington that they add on a medical licensure rule across, you know, that if you're licensed in one state, you can, you know, you're approved in all the States that this is just, it's sad to me that we are still dealing with this and we probably will deal with it for a long time to come. Uh, I wish we would have heard more people saying this is a travesty and needs to be corrected. And we didn't Uh, probably because the state license boards are making money off it, but it's, it's just frustrating. You know, it's funny, like in, in
1: both of these cases, we we hope some change happened. In one case, change did happen, but now we're rolling it back. Exactly. In another case, another case, the change didn't even happen. Right. And, you know, and we've been dealing with a year of workforce challenges. You would have, I would have thought, like you, that we would have heard about this. We'd have had some movement on the licensure issue, but I meant it didn't happen. And yeah, I, I don't understand the whole telehealth thing. It's happening in, uh, but it's happening worldwide. It's not just the U.S. problem. Like in in other countries as well, Australia, Canada, the UK, they're rolling back reimbursements on telehealth, which like, it doesn't make any sense. You got a more efficient, more effective way to deliver care. People have learned how to use it, and actually are are okay with it. And doc, the most important clinicians were actually comfortable with it. Finally, right? They were like, hey, this could actually work. And now you're gonna roll back the now you're gonna roll it back. Like that's, to me, you're just going to undo all of the gain that we had. And I get that it doesn't apply everywhere. And you're right. I think there may be some exceptions and maybe, you know, some, some areas where maybe you want to claw some of it where It just doesn't make any sense. Right. But for the majority of the, the check-ins, the, the script renewals and some of these other things, like it was the perfect mechanism <laughs> for it. So anyways, uh, John, let's, uh, let's move to the, the final question. I'm interested in this one. What's your tired list? What is uh, what's on here uh, in terms of terms or words that you're just like, man, we got to stop talking about this stuff in 2023.
0: Yeah, I was going to say on the tired list, I'd put myself, but um, <laughs> it's been a busy year. I, I, in fact, I'd put all of us on the tired list. Every <laughs> Everyone I meet seems to be a little tired, although there's some exciting stuff happening too. So it, it's a mixture of uh, of excitement and, and tired because there's so much to do, but there's also so much being done. So that's kind of cool. But I, I'd say the one that I'm most tired of is working in. Disrupted everything, (laughs) and you're like, "Yeah, healthcare doesn't get disrupted." Like, you know what I mean? Like, trying to think, when was the last time healthcare like truly got disrupted? There were incremental innovations over time, certainly, and you know there are certain things that, of course, disrupted healthcare over long periods. But you know, I can't think of any examples that like massively came in and just disrupted healthcare so uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm done with the disruption term like yeah we can add value we can you know we can provide a new model that's fine but you're not going to disrupt the the behemoth I mean, and you know maybe i'm wrong maybe it's goliath and you can throw him in the you know temple and you know like like david did with goliath but i, I don't think so healthcare is shockingly resilient and difficult to disrupt
1: I can't, you know, I agree with you. One of my tired terms is innovative. And <laughs> I see that sprinkled like pixie dust on a lot of the booth vendors and a lot of the materials that we got, like, you know, we got an innovative solution for this and innovative solution for that. And like, really, is it, is it truly innovative or evolutionary, right? Or iterative, <laughs> right? Like, Hey, like I get it, but you know, I get that maybe you've done something new and novel and, and somewhat unique. That's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that people are doing innovative things, but that word has been overused in my mind in 2022. I, I hope we don't see it in 2023.
0: But it, it is tough, right? Because innovation is a question of perspective, right? Sure, <laughs> like exactly, what were you right. doing before? So, I mean, I guess, you know, implementing digital facts was innovative when you had a real fax machine, but is it really? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the other the other term I, I think is tired for me is I, I really don't want to see the word digital transformation again. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's just transformation, right? Like uh, we should do it. And digital is just one of the mechanisms because if you actually dig down deeper into what happens in a supposedly digital transformation, most of the work actually has to do with changing the workflow and the process. Like it's only because you're implementing a new digital solution to kind of power that, but it's not the digital solution itself that's doing it. And I think by saying it as a digital transformation, you kind of hide... And give the wrong impression that it's not going to require you to change your operations, which to me is actually what is really happening here. So I like what's happened. I like the fact that people are doing it. I just think the label is wrong. It should be just transformation. And oh, by the way, it just so happens we're
0: implementing some digital tools along with it. But mm-hmm. digital transformation to me is not really what's happening out there. So you probably want to get rid of digital health too and just call it health. Is that, yeah. is that fair as well? <laughs> I would
1: I would say yes. That'll probably be my entire term for 2023.
0: But. Death for digital. No, <laughs> which I think that's the problem is that some people look at it and say, well, it's just transformation. We're not embracing digital. No, no. The whole point of transformation is to embrace whatever model, digital or otherwise, that changes it. So that makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I would look at two terms that still... You know, if someone sends me a pitch with these, I'm like, roll my eyes, archive the email. You know, (laughs) like uh, these are uh, game changing. It's (laughs) like, first of all, is healthcare a game? second of all are you really changing the game that's a high bar so i think you're brave to use that and maybe stupid but uh from a is it actually effective right and then the second one that is somewhat related is turnkey i actually think we talked about this on a previous episode it's like Is it really turnkey? I mean, you can make some stuff easier, right? It doesn't have to be a total drag and you don't have to go through seven committees, you know, because you can use the cloud and different things, but, you know, no health system implements a turnkey solution. Uh, it's It's a process that has to be done and for the safety of patients, for security, for you know, you know, aligning with priorities, etc. So, I think you have to be really careful with turnkey. Uh, you know, it can be as simple to implement; it could be, you know, all sorts of things. It could, you know, but turnkey. Uh, I haven't seen many turnkey solutions in healthcare, and I don't think we will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You know, I totally agree with you there. I I I can't remember the last time anyone said they implemented a turnkey a solution turnkey in healthcare. It always has to be adapted in some way, customized in some way, personalized in some way, but uh, I don't think it's a, I don't, definitely it's not helping you stand out by saying that you're a turnkey solution anymore.
0: Yeah, but there is a turnkey way to do, to be effective at your digital transformation as you embrace AI. And the game-changing thing is to listen to the Healthcare IT Today podcast episodes. I think that... (laughs) There you go, John. I'm
1: impressed that you worked them all into a sentence there and actually somewhat made some sense. If you
0: want to disrupt your workflow and, and enhance your game-changing ability to do it, listen to the healthcare <laughs> IT today episode.
1: That is that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that is the best way to end this episode of Healthcare IT today. Thank you to all of you who tuned in and listened. You can find more details about our show by checking out the program's page on healthcarenowradio.com and please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag i I'm Colin Hung along with my health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.